Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Ah, Minnesota. Did you know that we named BWS Plumbing, Heating, and Air after the State Fair? It's mostly true. We took one look at those three lonely letters and said to ourselves, those letters should get together, just like all the Minnesotians who get together at the State Fair. Voila! And BWS works for the fair as well. B is for livestock. W is for machinery. And S is for food on a stick. As you enjoy another helping of hot dish on a stick or toss back another bucket of fried cheese curds, remember that your air conditioner is back home, exhausted after a long, hot summer. When you join the BWS Comfy Club, we'll come by and put your air conditioner to bed for the winter and wake up your furnace just in time for Jack Frost's first visit. It's what the State Fair is for, to remind us that the seasons are changing. All together now. And so is the State Fair. Hey, everyone. We gave uh, Dave Young another little break, and I'm on this podcast with Ben Cook from Pitt Training School, and it, their website is visitpitt.com. And I got to tell you a little bit about this organization. This is one that you guys all want to be aware of. Gary Bernier and I, and you've heard Gary in some past podcasts, Gary Bernier and I one time were driving down the Florida and we pulled off in uh, the Charlotte area off the highway. Gary's grandfather used to be heavily involved in racing in the day. And there was a NASCAR museum and all this other stuff in this area that we wanted to visit. And we drove by this one building and here was this I don't know, I guess it's a four-story or five-story building that had this little racetrack around it. And we saw a car going around this racetrack. We thought, what the heck is going on there? So we had to wander in and we wandered in and we got really lucky because Ben Cook, who's with us, happened to step in at the same time and gave us a tour of their facility. And here's the cool thing. What these guys do is train pit crews for NASCAR. Now, you might be asking, why is that important for business? Lots of this is applicable to business. And they have a training facility that not only trains pit crews, but has great corporate retreats. And we also recently did a corporate retreat with a client. And you've often heard me saying on this podcast, you got to get out and visit different places. Like Seth Godin once said, no innovative ideas come from a room with four white walls and a drop ceiling. You got to do something different. And what we found when we took our client down, why it works is that they came out with so many amazing, great ideas and it was so innovative and it was a great place to do planning for the year. So one of the things that has always surprised me, Ben, is when you share the whole idea of how pit crews work and how important time is in NASCAR. And I forget how you break it down, but I think it's like you break things down into an eighth of a second. Is that what it is? Something like that? Millisecond sometimes, because for uh, every millisecond loss, you know, we're potentially losing laps or positions on the racetrack. And so um, we try to do everything we can to be as efficient as we can in order to 
gain that speed of performance. The thing I found really interesting when we were down there, because you get a chance to do a little bit of pit crew stuff, like just bolting um, the tires on, which was really fun. But but when you when you showed the video of how a pit crew works, I actually think it's one of those things that is really applicable to business because a lot of sports things are not. Because if we're a hockey team, you know, what I do directly affects what you do. If we're a bowling team, you know, we each got to do the same thing no matter what. But with pit crew, there is this pass off. Like what one person does directly, how he does his task or finishes his task directly affects the next person, right? And we always say that if one guy or gal's off by a tenth of a second, they're all being diminished by that same loss of performance, that tenth of a second loss. So we talk about inside the box when our cars come down pit road and they come to a screeching stop inside of the pit box where we do our pit crew activity. We have to be on our game in that moment in time, stepping into that space and take care of it as a whole. But it's all of the individual tasks that culminate to create that whole pit crew performance. And so not only are we thinking about what we do inside of our team box, but we're also thinking about what we do inside of our individual boxes. And those, those overlaps are critical. And it happens in every business where you're having uh, certain handoffs where maybe you have one group that's directly influencing another group. And if they don't coordinate together, you're losing time, you know, and you're losing revenue and you're losing position in the market. It's like, I think about, you know, with a lot of businesses, you know, the way the phone call is answered and how it's passed off all has those impacts. And we really saw that as we, you know, participated in the little pit crew exercises that you guys were giving us to do. Yeah. You know, we uh, do a program here is called uh, lean performance U and, Years ago, back in 2001, we started as a pit crew training facility, and we still do that to this day. We've had about over a thousand kids come through the program, young men and women who are in their teens and early 20s trying to find a place on NASCAR pit crews. And we've placed about 70% of that number in the money, which you know we count that as being a NASCAR Camping World Truck Series that race on Friday nights, the Xfinity Series race on Saturdays. And then of course, everyone's trying to get to that pinnacle point of NASCAR racing, which is the NASCAR Cup Series. They race on Sundays. And those are the big names you may have heard, Jeff Gordon's, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt's, Richard Petty, all of that was in cup racing. We share that same coaching philosophy on how to get those guys and gals ready to be at peak performance with our companies, our, our corporate visitors that come in and talk to them about tool organization, talk to them about workplace ergonomics, talk to them about how we communicate with one another, how we work on our processes all during the week to build efficiencies where we don't leave anything out that could come out of nowhere and hurt us at 200 miles an hour. Because three-tenths of a second, which is the time it takes to hit one of those lug nuts you guys hit out on pit road when you were visiting us, if you miss one of those and have to go back in and hit that last thread to get it to come off that you missed, that normally loses us about five car lengths at 200 miles an hour. I got to tell you, I think I lost us like 50 car legs. Well, and that's to be expected. We have our companies come out and we do a, a morning introduction, take them on a race shop tour down at uh, JR Motorsports, which is Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s son, Junior Dale Earnhardt Jr. And then we bring them back here in the afternoon and we have six organized pit stops with learning scenarios, but it's all 
intended to create a best standard practice. So by the end of the day, they've had continuous improvement with some monkey wrenches thrown in, pardon the pun, but with some wrenches thrown in there to try to get them stronger along the way. At the end of the day, everyone's competitive. And you see, because of those six stops, they got better and better and better. Every time you guys went out there and came up to the car for another try, you'd figured something out. You'd gotten a little bit better. And so we try to show that all businesses like that, you know, but we really stress education. How do you teach your people what you need them to do? And then you give them the best training possible, just like we do with our guys out on here on pit road. And it's cool. Cause when we talk about on pit road, you guys have actually recreated that feeling, you know, the car comes around, you know, comes in. It, 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 it's really cool, but you know, it's funny. We think about training athletes. We think about training football players. We think about, you know, I'm Canadian. So of course we think about hockey players, but when I first encountered your facility, there was two things that caught me as being really innovative as one is you sort of didn't think about training pit crews. What, what made you guys decide initially to get into the pit crew training business? Back in the mid 1990s, Ray Abraham, who was down with Rick Henrik at Henrik Motorsports. Ray was the crew chief for Jeff Gordon. They called that car the rainbow DuPont rainbow car. And those pit crew guys were the rainbow warriors because DuPont's logo was a, a rainbow. And he started going out looking for designated pit crew folks. We used to have shop mechanics, fabricators, you know, electricians, folks who worked on the car come out of their 10 hour day and come out to pit practice in the afternoon for about two hours. And they were exhausted. And wow. Ray started looking for more designated wow. pit crews who had athletic experience. And he didn't gain a lot from the four two forty yard dashes and the 39 inch vertical jumps and the 500 pound bench presses. But what he did get was a really coachable product that was fresh at the end of the day and ready to increase their performance ability. And so when they did that, they started looking for athletic trainers. They started looking for strength coaches and the shops actually took on an athletic aspect when it came to those pit crews. And so we started in 2001 being an adjunct to that. We started training those pit crew members, lifting weights with them, teaching them how to move more quickly and more efficiently in the space, giving them some dance moves because so much of it, what we do is a coordinated choreographed process. And so we, we encoded all that. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say it's much more choreographed than I would have ever understood before seeing you guys. Absolutely. Every step for step, every single move is everyone is kind of uh, symbiotic. We're all moving in space to try to complement one another. You know, one of the things I'm constantly talking about in this podcast is this whole idea of being innovative and looking outside. And, and, and what's interesting is these folks who started this started with the whole idea of, okay, the traditional way that pit cruise is done is I have somebody who's a mechanic, so they understand the car, I get it. And then they come and they pit crew for me. But the reality is, you know, every eighth of a second matters. And really what I need is something different. I need somebody who's fresh and I need somebody who's athletic and I need somebody who's coachable, which made you sort of go, okay, I want to reach out to athletes and teach them this thing called pit crewing. Originally, you know, when you had mechanics and fabricators, they were so exhausted by the end of the day, you weren't, you weren't getting that great 
performance out of them. But um, you know, when we started using the athletes, we got a whole lot better uh, outcomes from them. Yeah, which made the difference in winning races, right? No, absolutely. I mean, you, you're talking about uh, you're gaining those tenths of a second back that you were formerly losing due to fatigue or you know due to a lack of concentration at the end of the day. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Man, I love that. What? Actually, they've all been good. What are you talking about? The ads at the beginning. Oh. Yeah, I wish I had ads like that. You can. I can? Yeah, book a starter session with Steven. Really? Uh-huh. That's the first step. To what? Getting great ads. You think I could have ads like that for my business? It's kind of boring. Absolutely. Plumbing isn't sexy and we've heard great ads for them. You're right. So, gonna do it? Do what? Book a starter session. I guess so. Why not? Good. Can't wait to hear your ad in this podcast. Book your starter session on this podcast's website. Just visit theempirebuilderspodcast.com and click on Get Started. Let's pick up our story where we left off and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. Now, were you one of the first to do the sort of pit crew training approach? Well, pit instruction and training, definitely. The shops, every shop had their own pit crew. All, every race team had their own pit crew, and they were training. But as far as being an outside source that was going out and, and trying to procure talent and then funnel that back into the race teams, yes, we were definitely the first. We gained a little bit of advantage because first impressions are everything, right? And I tell all the kids who come in here, I say, look, first impressions are everything. You show up at a team and you start working out with the teams, then their first impression of you is junk because you're going to be junk. You're not going to be really good. And so kind of what we do, we provide an opportunity for them to come and train over on the side, out of sight of the teams. But it takes about a two-year process to get them ready to show up at the racetrack and then eventually go for a tryout with one of the teams. But when they show up, they are fully groomed, fully developed, ready to show up in front of a team. And their first impression that they make is impressive because we are all about attention to detail in everything we do. I can certainly see that. And it strikes me that you guys have also managed to turn pit crews into really, and it's like any athletic career, it's not long, but into a career. Because I I was surprised when you told me what a member of a pit crew gets paid these days. It's not NBA money. It's not NFL money. It's not Major League Baseball money, but it's it's pretty nice money. I mean, right now that some of the top jack people and they're all making six figures plus some of the top jack people are making close to four hundred thousand dollars a year wow and and when i tell people that in our corporate presentations they're like what you know and i'm like hey we're always recruiting you know if you guys want (laughs) to If you guys want to go out there and put on a really good show today, we'll tap you on the shoulder and invite you into school. I, I noticed you didn't tap me on the shoulder, Ben. <laughs> hey, you, got, you can come back and keep working. We may we may <laughs> tap you on the shoulder yet, Stephen. But before you started doing that, like how professional was a was was a pit crew? Like what what did before this evolution happen? I've got to assume that it was not a highly paid job. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, you know, in the beginning, it was guys who were mechanics, who were fabricators, who were already possibly working for a race team, but they, uh, you know, they weren't getting paid that much, but they really enjoyed the sport. They were, you know, great enthusiasts of the sport. They loved being a part of a team with the driver that they wanted to be associated with. And a lot of them went out there every weekend just to be there to experience it. But as it came down the line and performance became so critical where every every tenth of a second on pit road could possibly change positions on the track 
then it got to be more and more important that you had highly uh, organized and prepared people out there. Everyone's trying to figure out how to gain that small advantage. And sometimes it's just about how good a shape you're in, right? So if your guys are not as in good a shape as our guys, we're going to beat you. And when you think about things being an eighth of a second and how much of an impact an eighth of a second is, like that's the difference between carrying home the cup and not carrying home the cup. It's crazy. That's exactly right. But, you know, we, we tell our corporate clients, you know, hey, you may not be down to eighths of a second, but you may be down to minutes or you may be down to an hour. If that's your standard of measurement and you're somehow losing your standard of measurement to your competitor, they're going to end up getting market share and you're going to be behind. So what we do, we just share our efficiencies and our coaching philosophy. Like I said, it's called Think Inside the Box, which is inside that Lean Performance Shoe program. And it's basically talking about how we develop our team, how we put them together, how we develop a culture around them that they can believe that they're in the best place possible. And then the third corner of the box is process. You know, how do you make sure you've got all the processes in place? And we talk about that. And then lastly, we talk about leadership and how everyone needs to bring leadership qualities to their work. It's really interesting because even in business, you know, if something's a regular activity, and even if it's one of those things that's just, you know, something you spend 10 minutes a day doing, you know, that's one of those things that, that it, it adds up in a big hurry. You know, that quickly becomes 33 hours a year. That's almost a week's worth of work. Like every 10 or 15 minutes a day adds up into a week at the end of the year. So it does add up even in the corporate world. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and you, you said it at the, at the outside of the program, how do you get your people enthusiastic? How do you get them motivated? And we found that, you know, people are, are more motivated when one, they feel like they're winning. So what you do, you build wins into your system, you know, with your assessments, with your quarterly reviews and all of that. And if people feel like they're getting great instruction, they feel like they're getting a win. If they're making advancements and they're getting an opportunity to improve their status in the company, they're getting a win. And so you have to set people up for success, but a huge part of that is how do you motivate them? And if, you know, you can motivate people if they feel like they're getting something a little special. So when you bring them over here to pit crew you and, and experience lean performance you with corporations, like you said, it's kind of exciting. There's something different about it. It's niche and weird at the same time. It gets you thinking. We're a pit crew member too, you know, because we're all trying to save time. So here's the interesting thing I find is I'm, you guys transform the pit crew industry. So I always find it interesting when a business looks out there and says, boy, we need this thing. And you go down this path that didn't exist before. And you're innovative and you really transform the business. You transform the business of pit crew. But the part that's also really cool is you didn't stop there. The next thing you went is, oh, this is applicable to the corporate world. We should do corporate training. How did that come about? We'd like to take credit for that, but actually uh, Coca-Cola came over, you know, they were in the Charlotte area and they were like, hey, we, we're interested in this whole pit crew model because we want to have a more efficient bottling line. And we'd like to know how to turn this bottling line over, just like pit crew members turn that, those cars over. We'd like to share the pit crew concept and teach lean initiatives, you know, with our standards and in, in our terminology, but we want to make them feel like pit crews. And, and they said, can you help us? And we said, well, do you have any money? And Coca-Cola said, yeah, we got, we got money, you know? And so we figured it out. And that's where the, the initial push came from was 
corporate America reaching out to us. But then we reached back out to corporate America because we needed to take notes and see what everyone out there was doing. And we started realizing, hey, you know, everybody's a pit crew. And it's true. You know, that is so interesting because here was Coca-Cola recognizing that if inside the industry, like inside the bottling industry, if this had been figured out, it would have already been figured out. So Coca-Cola was innovative enough to go, we need to look outside of our industry. Wow, there's a lot of parallels between bottling and pit crew. So that was innovative thinking number one for Coca-Cola. Hats off to them for doing it. But the other is when the call happened, you guys took the call. You know, I, I've worked with customers before where people call them on something and go, well, I, and their initial reaction is, well, we don't do that. We train pit crews. You guys were open. And you went, sure, let's figure this out. If there's money on the table, if there's money to be made, let's do it. But you didn't stop there. What you learned from that, you went, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This this is also applicable to Southwest Airlines and United Airways and, and a whole bunch of other companies. Yeah, we do a lot of work with airlines and you know they, they get it immediately because they've got a vehicle that comes into a space and needs to be turned around pretty quickly and they all have to converge on that vehicle. And they have these overlapping groups like fuel coming in and housekeeping coming in and food services coming in. And it's just like us at the racetrack when we've got a crew chief talking to us about what we're supposed to do and the driver's another entity that comes into the space and then we're going over the wall. And then we have behind the wall guys that are part of the a team that go out early mechanics and engineers that help us behind the wall but we've all got these overlapping responsibilities that we have to coordinate to create a almost 11 second pit stop and united got it immediately they're like hey you know we need to get first in line out on the tarmac so that we can be the first to take off they ended up getting six flights a day after they started thinking a little bit more like a pit crew that was extra and they made up a huge cost savings as a result of that. That's big money for an airline. So, you know, I just wanted to, to wrap this up. It was an amazing day. It was fun. It was interesting. But what I'm going to say that's even more important, when I went out with our customers and had dinner with them, it was amazing when myself and the rest of the team, Gary and Jeff and Joe, were, were sitting with them, how different the conversation was, how they were thinking about their office and how they were like, it just, it stimulated so much, so much thought. And as I said, at the beginning, no great ideas ever come from a place with four white walls and a drop ceiling. Like it's always about getting out in a different environment. So if somebody is interested in reaching out and having a corporate event at your place, a planning retreat, some sort of training or something along that lines, how do they get a hold of you, Ben? Oh, they can uh, reach out to us online at uh, visitpit.com or they can give us a call at uh, 704-799-3869 and uh, just ask for me and we'll chat a little bit. We'll get you guys an opportunity to come in and pit race cars and have some fun. And, you know, when it's fun, everybody gets motivated. Absolutely. And I just want to stress it's visitpitpit.com. The other part is you are super approachable. I It is amazing when I think how many years ago it was that Gary and I wandered in there and we were just standing in the lobby and you came wandering in and you said, hey, what are you guys doing? And we were just like, we're just curious about what's going on here. And you said, hey, I got a couple of minutes. I'll give you guys a tour. And you gave us a tour that resulted years later in an event. And I can guarantee you I'm having more customers down there because it was worth every penny we had a great time with you guys and hopefully we'll see a lot more of you in the future 
Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, and thanks for your time today, Ben. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast dot com.